turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Pastor Scott Furrow with you again today and excited to be with you. I'm the pastor of the First Baptist Church of San Diego and the Cultivating Ethos Show on Cape Raise in San Diego every day at 1130. It's great to be with you again today. And um, we've had a good week together talking about all kinds of different things that uh, God has brought to the table or that the God has put in the news for us, I guess. So you could uh, blame God for the news. I don't know if that really works, but uh, lots of different things. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And on Fridays, I like to do Open Line Friday. I've got something that I want to deal with that's important for this hour. And we had uh, a couple of calls already, so I'm going to take uh, James, who's been waiting a long time on hold from Duarte. James, welcome to the Southern California Live program. Hello, this is Pastor Scott. Yeah, it is. James, you know, my son's name is James. My firstborn son is an excellent name. I, I I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. Bless you. What what can I do for you, James? Listen, I just want to say to you personally, um, I really appreciate your uh, wisdom and your uh, not only your answer but your discernment and and what you are doing. I pray that they keep you on this particular line. We need this. We need a sense of reasoning. Um, there's right and wrong. We talk about the left or the right is Democrat or Republican or Independent. We as Christians must always have that love and compassion towards one another. And, yeah, we call out those who, who uh, say they are Christian. Like only God knows our heart, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10. But their action and what they say, what they do, uh, Paul said, what were they for my calling? And whether you're black or white or inner or mixed, whatever you are, if you're a Christian, Jesus gave us a new commandment. Uh, John, the 13th chapter, verse 33 and 34, that you love one another as I love you. And then he also goes to the first, say, then all will know that you are my disciples. And love, you don't care what color you are, where you're from, but love and caring, concern and compassion. I see that in your speaking and what you're doing. I pray that they keep you on the air. We need a sense of reasoning on the air. We need to hear your voice. I'm praying for you. Uh, your church fellowship and for your family, and keep on keeping on because my prayers are with you. Uh, you be blessed in the Lord. One thing I have against you, one thing I have against you, this one thing. One okay. Thing, one, one know what that is? Yeah, go <laughs> I ahead. I have it against you. It's not against you. Don't tell me you're, don't don't tell like me you're a Giants music. fan. I just don't like that music. <laughs> I just don't like that music because it reminds uh. me of, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But other than that, you could. Everybody like different music. I just, because it reminds me of, you know, I mean, the previous, you know, and so I'm just saying, but get get your new music. And All right. Keep going I'm making you, man. it. Love you, in I, Jesus. Hey, James, I love you, too. Thank you for calling and uh, for the compliment. I appreciate that and the encouragement. And uh, I'm having a good time with all of you. And, you know, I think something that's great about Jesus's church, I think everything's great, right? It's We got our struggles. But, you know, in 2,000 years of of lots of problems that we've had, we're still managing to get the gospel out and people are getting saved. Somewhere I've got the statistic. It's when the church began, 
at Pentecost, there was one Christian on earth for every 12 million people. And today, depending on the statistic you look at, it's one in 12 or one in eight. And I'm not just talking about people who claim they're Christian because they were born in a certain country, but they don't know anything about it. I'm talking about people who have confessed Jesus as their Savior, one in 12. Uh, Jesus, when he said he was going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail, that is what Jesus has been doing for 2,000 years. And history plays that out. History, it is undeniable that this is what is happening. And that's something that we can do together, even when we disagree about different things or have different opinions about stuff. And we're, you're right, we're supposed to love each other. This is what Jesus said, and, and love is, is in action, John thirteen thirty five. Uh, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you go to church every Sunday. Is that what it says? Wait a minute. It, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples uh, if you give 10%. Uh, what does it say? I'm trying to remember. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples uh, if you know all the words to our God is an awesome God. Now, it says, by this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. Uh, and this is how we need to be known. This is the impact that our culture needs us to have. It doesn't mean that we don't have definite opinions about right and wrong. But if we love people, we're going to find a way to communicate in a way that's effective. And that is something that I hope that we can do together. You know, and something that uh, in the last hour we talked about Christian radio and the impact it has in people's life. And something I like about Christian radio, too, is that we're not all in the same congregation. And we worship a little differently, and we might have some different secondary views here and there, but we have the same Jesus and the same gospel. And imagine, imagine what we do when we can do things together. Imagine how amazing that you don't even have to imagine it. Just look at history. Whenever the church has come together around the gospel, around what it is called to do, around making disciples, it has literally changed history. It has literally made the impact. Whenever the church forgets that, it it struggles a little bit, and then it comes back around because Jesus is still building his church. So I appreciate those kinds of things. The number here is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. Welcome again to our show. Hope you got some coffee. I usually mention coffee because it's such an important part of my afternoon, the brew of the believer, the uh, the elixir of the elect. You, you know, or I'm not trying to be doctrinal one side or the other on that issue, just, you know, we're the elect. That's what it says, whatever that means, you know, whatever, whatever God thinks that means. Uh, that's what it means. Whatever the Bible means, that's what it means. So grab your coffee and let's talk about it. I want to talk about something this hour. If we have time, we'll take some more calls uh, on random subjects. But I do want you to call if you have had a testimony you'd like to share about the Harvest Crusade. Uh, the Harvest Crusade is uh, didn't happen, except it happened last year online. Okay, It happened in video, but it didn't happen last year at Anaheim Stadium like it has for the last uh, 30-some years. And it is back. It is back this weekend, the Harvest Crusade. You can find it at harvest.org. And uh, I want to talk about that a little bit, because one of the things that's exciting to me about the Harvest Crusade, I went to the very first one. I'm pretty sure it was the very first one, 1990-ish, I think is when that was. And uh, I went, I had no idea what to expect with it, and I remember having a good time. And something that's amazing to me about Greg Laurie's Harvest Crusade, I didn't know Greg Laurie. I went to UC Riverside. That was a college I went to. And they said, hey, come with us to this Harvest Crusade. And okay, and I had never heard of his church and never heard of Greg Laurie, who is this guy, you know, whatever. And I went and, you know, I just thought, this is great. We're putting the gospel out there. A lot of people are coming. We're having a good time. And, you know, what I think is interesting is that with only a couple of exceptions, God tends to not use ministries 
like this or events like this, programs like this for very long, uh, usually a few years, and then you got to alter it or do something else. Uh, and mostly because sometimes the culture changes, technology changes, a lot of different reasons for different tactics and how you share the gospel with people and culture changes. But one of the things about the Harvest Crusade is for 30 years plus, I think 31 years, God has continued to use it in the ministry of Greg Laurie there. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And I have some clips from an interview that Greg Laurie did with Jennifer Horn on the Morning Answer on our sister station. And uh, she interviewed Greg. And uh, I've got some clips that I want to share with you. And if you have a testimony about the Harvest Crusade, if you've been, maybe you accepted the Lord there, or maybe somebody in your your world who you brought accepted the Lord there. Maybe you rededicated your life to Christ there. Uh, I'd love to hear your testimony during this hour. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. So the Harvest Crusade is coming up. It's coming up on Sunday at 7 p.m. Harvest.org is the website. You can go to that. They're asking you to RSVP, so you can do that at Harvest.org, and we'll give that out a little bit later, and you can link to it at kkla.com also. Uh, So here's the first clip. Uh, Play clip number one from Greg Laurie. All the wrong things are up, like mm-hmm. drug use is up, self-harm is up, divorce is up, alcohol use is up. And I think it's because people are down. You know, we've been isolated from each other. And, and the reality is God sort of pre-wired us for community. We're, we're, we do better together. Better together is the theme of this year's Harvest Crusade. And That is just absolutely right. We are better together. In fact, something that's happened during COVID is that we are damaged because we're apart. Or the very different things that have gone on that have separated us for one reason or another, it's damaging us. You know, during the shutdowns when these happen, you know, I was, as a pastor and because I was on the radio, I had a little bit more connection with people than some other people. We, you know, we, we shut down like just about every church did at the beginning, but we were immediately online. There was a lot of people helping put this together and, and I still did radio and I got to see people. I had some interaction, you know, on a regular basis kind of with the people I was around anyway. So certain things didn't change for me right away. And of course we're back live in church now and getting back to normal as best we can. But in my family, you know, my wife had almost nothing. The school was shut down and she had to take care of the kids and we had to, we both did, but my wife bore the brunt of all of that with school and all of that. And it was, it was really hard. And I know so many of you have faced that, you know, you suddenly you're doing online school, if you can do it at all. And you're saying to your kids, pay attention in class, do your homework, get all this done and do it on this fancy computer game system with the cool videos and the chat with your friends. It was so hard. And grandma was living with us at the time and she suffered greatly. Uh, because of just being isolated. And, you know, well, this storm is not over. For some people, not at all. There's a lot of people sick. There's a lot of people still with tremendous fear. There's a lot of people who just don't go out or we still are, are hiding in different ways or being very, very cautious for, for good or bad. And uh, you know what? This is the first crusade since the, the pandemic started. And I think this is a great opportunity for the church to get together and realize and remember that we have work to do together for the kingdom of God. And we can do this together with people from other churches, that it isn't just one church. It isn't just one style of church. It's people, gospel-believing churches of different sizes and different backgrounds, not just coming together to put on a program, but inviting people who need to know the hope of Christ, who have been disappointed in the hope of government, who've been disappointed in the hope of medicine, 
disappointed in in so many things, maybe the hope of their career that they lost because of the pandemic. Maybe they have, you know, put on a lot more than the hope than the COVID-19 and uh, uh, they've lost their health or they got COVID-19. There's so many people grieving the loss of people. One of the great things about the Harvest Crusade is that it reminds us of our purpose together. And I think better together is a great theme. If you've never been to a uh, Harvest Crusade, the next clip is Greg Laurie describing what that's like. Do clip number two. What they'll see is a lot of people having a great time. You know, I think when you've never been to an event like this, you think, oh, I don't know, a bunch of weird religious people. It's going to be somber and depressing. It's actually the very opposite. It's, I would almost describe it as a party-like atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be even more so this year because people are so stoked, to use a California word, <laughs> to be together again. Yeah. It is a good time. He is absolutely right. This is a good time. You get to be together. It's a big, energetic crowd at Anaheim Stadium, and you get to enjoy the evening outdoors with friends and coworkers and classmates. And if you listen to me a lot, you realize I talk about this a lot. I use that word at Oikos, the people in your relational world. And events like this are designed not just for your own enjoyment, but to say to that person who you go to work with, who maybe you have spiritual conversations with once in a while, Maybe they haven't really wanted to go to church with you yet. They're not really on that page. You can say, hey, you know what? We got something coming up. I'd love to have you go. And there's this Pastor Greg Laurie, and he's been doing this for 31 years. It's not weird. It's fun. And uh, you get to come and revel in hope. And we need it so badly today. He's right. It's fun. And the music is good. You know, it's a King and Country is one of the bands there. They are a great band, great Christian band. And I'm, just to be honest with you as a pastor, you know, I get skeptical about church music sometimes, okay? Sometimes we say it's good and we clap, but really we were miserable during the whole thing. We're just too nice. This was really good. They are super good. And Phil Wickham is there. And uh, I personally uh, take responsibility for Phil Wickham's career. I don't know if you know this, but when he was a teenager, uh, I think 17, maybe he had turned 18. I was hiring him to come play for a young adult ministry that I ran. When I started in ministry, I ran a young adult ministry, and it was a bunch of people in their 20s, and it was a huge group, and uh, we would have Phil come and play, and he was amazing. And the reason I take responsibility for his career is I tried to hire him. We're at, it was a big church at the time. I don't know if I should mention the name of the church, but it's in San Diego. It's a Baptist church on College Avenue. And we, some of you are going, hey, I know that church. I tried to hire him. I tried to hire him to be like our regular musician, and his dad was with him. And I'll never forget this conversation. His dad was so wise. I tried to offer him this job, and I was going to pay him a bunch every week. And his dad kind of leans back, and he looks at me, and he says, well, you know what? We're considering a whole lot of options right now, And which was his way of saying, no way is he just going to become your person. And he was 100% right to do that. And I've always thought about that. I've thought, you know, it's so good that he didn't say, well, we'll pray about that. Because that wasn't the answer. The correct answer was no. <laughs> We're not going to do this. You know, some, you ever do that? You tell somebody you're going to pray about it when actually what you mean is no. You probably should just say no. Anyway, that after that he became who he is, and he's the real deal. You know, I got to know him as a kid, so I kind of know some of that stuff. He's a he's a good guy. And so it's a good time, and the music is super good. It'll be a great opportunity, you know, for you to bring somebody who needs to hear this hope, and you won't have to lean over to them during it and saying, "Sorry, this is so bad." you're going to have a good time. And it is going to be meaningful maybe in ways to the people in your relational world in ways that you don't know. Because during this time, the last couple of years, they've been suffering too, maybe in ways they haven't shared with you, but they've got stuff going on. Uh, Play clip number three. Greg's going to talk about um, what he's going to talk about here. Clip number three. A poll was taken by USA Today, and they asked young readers 
what do you want more than anything else? The vast majority of them said, I want to be rich and famous. The vast majority said they want to be rich and famous. You know what became big uh, for young people during this period of time? TikTok. You've probably heard about that. And it's some kind of a Chinese government infiltration of all of our lives. But that's probably happening anyway. TikTok became a huge social media sensation in part because they'll actually even pay you. And if you get to be TikTok famous, they call you, you get paid. I mean, it's just a step in a different direction for social media. And uh, you know, social media, I don't know if we're going to survive it. Because what social media does to a person, you know, the studies say, and some serious stuff came out about Instagram and what it's doing, especially to young girls today, you know, it gives us a serious case of comparison-itis, and we, we just think other people have everything great, and we have it so bad, and we just we have a hard time discerning what is true, and we just have this hope to be famous, uh, don't we? I mean, rich and famous, that's not really new that that's what people want. You ever watch the Oscars? It used to be a great program, the Oscars. It's pretty terrible now, but they roll out the red carpet, and all the actors and actresses go by in their, their fancy outfits and their dresses, and people wait in line overnight. They sit in the grandstands. They wave. You know, why do we do that? It's such an odd thing, really, that we watch all these very wealthy people hand each other gold statues, and uh, we want to be them. And do you really want their life? I mean, do you know what their life is like so often? Here's Greg Glory in clip number four. What I'm going to talk about is you think being rich and famous is the answer. Actor Jim Carrey once said, a quote, loosely paraphrasing, because I don't have it in front of me. He said, I wish everyone could be rich and famous and see that it isn't what they think it is. You know, end quote. Uh, Amy Winehouse, who tragically died of alcohol poisoning, said, quote, uh, fame is like cancer. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, end quote. Uh, So, you know, you hear these people that have been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. In some cases, they've been the T-shirt. But they're saying it's empty. So here's my point. Mm -hmm. We're chasing the wrong things. That is such a true statement that we are chasing the wrong things. A big one of it is is being rich and famous or being just rich, right? We, uh, we, some people just spend a lot of money on lottery tickets. So, you know, I noticed on a big billboard by my house, lottery was a really big number, you know, but the odds of winning that lottery are like, you, you have better odds of getting kicked in the head by a goat and dying. I think that's true. In fact, I looked at, you have better odds of getting hit by a meteor which scared me that that's actually possible, but that does happen. Jim Carrey, his line, uh, Greg got it right. I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. Uh, you know, do you, I don't know Jim Carrey and maybe somebody listening does, but he's, he shared a bunch of stuff about his life and he's pretty public about some stuff and he struggles with a lot of stuff. I love his comedy and I think he's hilarious. I used to take dates in college to go see Dumb and Dumber. That was my test to see if I should go out with you because if you laughed at that movie, then you're going to like being with me. If you can't, if you don't think that movie's funny, then there's no second date. That was my thing. I'm not sure that was a good test. You shouldn't copy you know, my dating techniques. But um, he was hilarious, and I laughed out loud at that. But he's had so many struggles that are that are painful in his life. He shared those things, pain like anybody else has had to deal with. Johnny Carson famously said, and that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be Johnny Carson. You probably figured that out. I have my own Karnak outfit. I really do. Uh, he said, the only thing money gives you is the freedom of not worrying about money. And his life was actually very sad in many ways. And he was a, a very generous person and a beloved person, beloved by so many people and just so talented and just, 
but he struggled greatly with his family, multiple divorces, all these things. It's such a funny thing that that's what we're looking for, and yet we're not looking closely enough. People are looking for something, but they are looking for the wrong thing, and it's tragic. Well, one of the reasons that we've got the Harvest Crusade is because there's something much better. It's hope in Jesus Christ, and people are so disappointed in the hope of politics or healthcare or government programs, self-help books, whatever it is. We have something really important. We're going to continue talking about the Harvest Crusade as soon as we get back from the break. If you've been to a Harvest Crusade and you want to share your story about it, I'd love to hear from you. Call me at 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow on KKLA and KPRZ. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, your guest host today, and it is my pleasure to be with you today as we have for the last couple of weeks you can give a call if you'd like to call into the program. It's 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And we're talking about the Harvest Crusade. If you've ever been to a Harvest Crusade and you got a story to tell, maybe you got saved there or maybe you went and it just was refreshing to you, you rededicated your life or maybe somebody that you know, especially somebody that you brought, went to that, uh, feel free to call in and give us your story, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We're talking about it because the Harvest Crusade is back in person. It had to be off last year, online it was, and which was successful, and the Lord used it in tremendous ways. But it's back in person, and it's Sunday, October 3rd, this coming Sunday, uh, 7 p.m. at Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium, and uh, you need to RSVP at harvest.org. You can go to kkla.com and just click on the link. So if you just need to remember that, go to KKLA, click on the link for the Harvest Crusade, and it'll give you all the information there. And I want to encourage you to go, and I want to encourage you to invite people that you know, people in your relational world. Not just, you can invite random people, that's fine, but you know, there's people that you know, maybe they're wondering why you haven't invited them. Maybe you're sitting in the office right now and you're listening to KKLA and uh, or KPRZ and your radio is on awfully loud and they're hearing everything that you're hearing. And they're wondering why I know you go to church. Uh, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I'm trying to point out something that's just true is that God has placed you purposefully and providentially where you are. And I believe he has done that because he wants you to make disciples and he has created you with that ability to do it. He really, really has. And some of the tools that God provides to make that easier for us are things like the Harvest Crusade. And this has been around a long time. There's a lot of credibility with it. Greg Laurie is the speaker who's been doing it this whole time. He's a great pastor, a great speaker. He's going to be speaking on topics that are incredibly relevant uh, to regular people. You will you will be blessed for going yourself, but you will also have the confidence in knowing that the person you brought is going to have a good time. Music is there to, uh, for King and Country and Phil Wickham. Uh, it's going to be a really good time. It's Sunday, October 3rd at 7 p.m. And it's free. It's a free event, by the way. It doesn't cost you anything. So uh, go to kkla.com and click on this the link to know how to do that. We've been talking about this, and I've been using some clips from an interview on uh, a morning show on our sister station here from uh, Greg Laurie. And uh, let's go to clip number five. So many of the problems in America can be traced back to a lack of values, mm-hmm. uh, a lack of a foundation, and, and we're looking to the wrong things for meaning right now. We're looking for meaning. You know, we're looking for a lot of different things. People are looking to be loved. Before the break, we were talking about the desire that people have to be rich and famous and how social media is driving that in a whole lot of ways. And and part of what's behind that is this desire to be 
liked, to be important, to make an impact, to be somebody special, all of those things. And we live in a world that just tears, we tear each other down as much as possible. We just step on each other and push each other down. It happens all the time. And I, I think people are just looking for something that is in their heart, something that they are seeking in their heart that God put there, the eternity in their heart. They know there's something more. And you know what's incredible? And it's incredible when you realize this, when you realize, when you come to the realization that you are someone special to the creator of the universe. That's an amazing thing. And not only are you something special to the creator of the universe, but he knows your name and he knows how many hairs are on your head or for some of you, how many used to be on your head. He knows what happened. He knows your deepest, darkest, darkest secrets. He already knows them. So when you go to his throne, which the book of Hebrews calls the throne of grace, not the throne of get out of here, not the throne of you did what? Get out of my sight. The throne of grace, unmerited favor. He knows you don't deserve it. That's why he sent Jesus to live the perfect life that you can't live, to die on the cross, to pay a penalty that you can't afford, but your spiritual angst is telling you you owe something. And the message is that Jesus Christ paid it for you. Your debt is paid. Accept that payment. And you get to have everlasting life. And not only that, but you get to be in the family of God. You're adopted into the family. When Jesus gives us the the Lord's Prayer, something amazing he does is he gives us the basis of prayer. And he begins that prayer by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven. Probably the most memorized bit of Scripture is the Lord's Prayer. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but it's really interesting that Jesus, when he gives us that prayer, that the basis of it is not, Dear Creator of the Universe. I mean, you're praying to the Creator of the Universe. God is the creator. He created you, created you in his image. But it's a little awesome to talk to the creator of the universe. What do you say? And it doesn't say, dear king of kings. He is the king of kings. He's absolutely your king. He will be the king for eternity. There is no election in heaven. Uh, There will not be every four years we get to vote for a different guy. He's the king, the king of all kings. And that is his title. But what in the world do you do when you go meet a king? Well, you, you have protocols, and, and it's stuffy, and you just want to make sure you do things right. You know, the basis of our prayers is our Father. You go to him like a good father, like a good father should be. He's family. He's family, and he cares about you, and he knows about you, and he's known you since you were an infant. He knows all the little things about you. I remembered something today about my son when he was maybe two years old. I used to get up and go to work, and he would kind of follow me out. And I would put on a watch. I had a, a watch, you know, just a regular old watch, a wristwatch, and I'd put it on and kind of tighten up. That'd be the last thing I put on. I used to leave the watch right next to my wallet and keys on my way out the door. And I came home one day, and uh, my son had been working on building himself a watch. And then after that, when I'd leave for work, he would put on his little watch that he'd sort of created. And uh, it's such a great story. You know, my son doesn't remember that at all. And he would be embarrassed that I told that story. He's 12 now. That's the way a father looks at us. That's the way God, our father, looks at us. He remembers those things. When you go to the Harvest Crusade, you're reminded about the family that you get to be adopted into, that meaning that you are looking for. You're going to hear about it. You're going to sing about it. And there will be a celebration. And it turns out that you are someone special. You are loved. And it turns out that the reason you think maybe God won't accept you is wrong. He already has accepted you. Jesus already died for your sins. Jesus isn't going to look at you and go, well, I died for everybody, but not you. You know, I don't like it that you're doing that. No, he died for you. And that person you work with, that person that you live next door to, that person you're in class with, 
they need to know that they are special to the creator of the universe, who is their father, who loves them. That's what this is going to be about. It's such a great opportunity to share this with the people that God has placed in your life. I want to encourage you to invite people. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Play clip number six from Greg Laurie. We're better together. We need each other. We're going to have a great celebration uh, this coming Sunday night at Angel Stadium. Everybody's invited. I'd recommend you get there a little bit early. I think we're going to have a lot of people. Me too. Epic music from Phil Wickham for King and Country, a message that I will give, and a beautiful fireworks show at the end. So I think you'll really be glad you came. Fireworks. There will be fireworks at the end. I mean, everybody stays for the fireworks. Uh, when was the last time you saw fireworks, really? Maybe this 4th of July you got some. And I saw the clips, uh, you know, uh, from 4th of July, you know, over the city, and that was spectacular. Where do you get those fireworks? Everybody's shooting them off. But uh, don't tell me. It's probably not a good thing to know. We are – this is going to be such a fun time. So can I encourage you to do this? You're listening to the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. You can call in, and I'd love to have you call in. Uh, with your story about a Harvest Crusade, if you've been to one before, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We're talking about this because I think that this is just an opportunity that we shouldn't just leave to a commercial, that we should really encourage each other to go to, because this is a big deal. There's a lot of different events and, and different ways that God uses things, and the event is not the story. The event is your relationship with the people that God has placed in your life and you having the the just the the faith, the faith in God that God actually can use you to minister to them. And the Harvest Crusade is a tool. It's something that God is providing so that they'll hear the gospel clearly, they'll know the love of God, and they'll have a good time. You'll enjoy that time together. And at minimum, what happens is you get to know these people in your life a little bit better. And even if they're not ready to accept Jesus, they will have heard it. The seeds have been planted. Your relationship with them is better. They know more about you and where you're coming from. And it's just a great opportunity. It's this Sunday, October 3rd. First time it's been in person now for a little while. So October 3rd, 7 p.m., Anaheim Stadium, Angel Stadium. It's free. It's a free event. And you can find the link to RSVP. They do want you to RSVP at harvest.org. You can go right to harvest.org or go to kkla.com and click on the link. And it will give you all of that information. And, you know, if you can't make it and you're, you're hearing this, there is a online um, way to do it. And uh, what you can do is, uh, once again, go to the KKLA uh, website, and there are links where you can watch the broadcast live, and it will be also live on the radio on our sister station, 95.9 The Fish, and you can watch it on the Facebook Live video broadcast on the KKLA Facebook. Just uh, look up on your Facebook, KKLA, and also the Fish Facebook page. There's a way to connect, but I would encourage you to do that in person. I want to encourage you, and even if there's nobody to invite, just check it out because next year it'll be back and you'll know what to expect and and go. But enjoy this time, and I think it'll be refreshing for you. It'll be refreshing for the people that you invite. When we get back from the break in just a minute, I'll give you a little bit of encouragement on how to invite people, not just to the Harvest Crusade. That's a great opportunity this weekend, but how you can invest in the people that God has placed in your life. We are called to make disciples. This is what we are here to do, and it is the greatest endeavor ever given to human beings. It is the greatest endeavor that we've been called to do, and Jesus has given us uh, this command to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and then he promises, and I will be with you even until the end of the age. It's a great co-mission. You're doing it not by yourself. 
but with Jesus. And you can trust that. And this is an opportunity to do that. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow on KKLA and KPRZ. We'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I am Pastor Scott Furrow. It has been a pleasure to be with you. And we have a few more moments. If you want to call into the show, the number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And this hour, we've been talking about the Harvest Crusade that is coming up this weekend on Sunday at Angel Stadium. It's at 7 o'clock. It's a free event. Go to kkla.com, click on the Harvest link, or go to harvest.org and RSVP for you and for people that you would invite, people in in your relational world. Let me ask you this question as we just kind of finish out this thought. Does it scare you when uh, people say invite people to the Harvest Crusade or invite people to church or invite people to youth group or your small group or whatever it is, the sort of church-related? Is that terrifying? Um, you know, I think that for all of us, I mean, even for pastors, you know, there's an anxiety that we have when people realize, you know, what we do for a living. You know, when I'm uh, at an event somewhere and I'm sitting next to somebody at a table, eventually they're going to ask me what I do for a living. And sometimes they say, oh, and then they talk about the church they go to, and that's awesome. And then other times they, they get really awkward and they'll start to talk about uh, people in their family who go to church somewhere. Uh, they've heard of this before. I had a guy one time at an event I was at, to somebody's birthday party, this guy was just talking to me for a while, and he says, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church of San Diego. And he said, oh. And he literally turned his chair and his back to me, and he's right next to me at this table, and he didn't say a word to me the rest of the time. That was his attitude, you know. There are, there are you just never know what you're going to have happen. But let me share something with you. Jesus would not have called us to make disciples if some people aren't going to respond. Some people are just not. They're, they're not interested now. They might be interested later. You know what? That guy might have gone home and said, gosh, it's weird that I sat by some guy who's a pastor. Maybe he Googled me. Maybe it ended up leading him to some kind of sermon or something. I don't know what God might have done. But God's going to use you in people's life. And one of the things that is a tool, and I'll talk about this a lot if you know my ministry, but I think it's a great deal. And I got this from a mentor. I'm not making it up. Tom Mercer. I'm trying to get him to come on a program. Um, And Tom got it from somebody else, too. So this is an old idea. In fact, we all got it from Jesus. Okay, we all got it from Jesus, and it it begins in uh, the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 5. And you see it all the way through the New Testament. But in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes uh, an incredible statement. And this is the way people would have heard it there. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, right after the Beatitudes, chapter 5, verse 13. He says, "You you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Something about this passage, when you really study it, especially this last part here. The first thing is Jesus says that we are salt and light. Do you believe that? I mean, do you believe that about yourself? We believe in Jesus for our salvation, but we also need to believe Jesus that when he says something, it's true and that we really are salt and light. And you know, no, not me. I got this. Okay, we'll repent of that. Give those things to Jesus. But Jesus isn't telling you to be perfect and then go out and tell people about Jesus. 
He's telling you, hey, you're salt and light now. You've been forgiven. There is grace. You can do this. In this passage here, there's a word. It's oikos. I've mentioned that before. And it's the word for house. You know, instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Oikos means relational world. That's how the people in that society would have understood that word. You can study it. If you take a classical education at UCLA or UCSD or someplace and you take the Greek people, you'll eventually get to Aristotle and there's this whole conversation about his household. And it's basically the functioning of society, that society works really well when people actually take care of each other and don't rely on the government for everything. Uh, Plato might disagree and think the government should do more. There's all this kind of argument. It's funny because the arguments that we might have today of big government or small government, government involvement in our lives versus no government, that goes back forever. Well, however you look at it, at some point, people need to take care of each other and people live together. That's how we do it. We, we function better as a society when we take care of our neighbors, when we love our neighbors, incidentally. And Jesus, and in the New Testament, you see this word oikos all the time, and it means relational world. Most people have about eight to 15 people in their relational world. Tom got that number out of a study that he read one time. If you go take a class in sociology somewhere, they'll tell you that your oikos is the people that you spend an hour or more with every week. There's probably a few different definitions to how you define it. One way to define it, though, is to ask yourself this. If I were to go on television on global TV and I was able to tell people about Jesus, and this is what I believe about Jesus, who are the people who are close enough to you who they know whether or not you really mean it? That's your oikos. Those are the people, the people you live with, your next door neighbors. Maybe you don't know them very much, but uh, you probably know more about your neighbor than you think. Uh, especially if they yell and scream or there's stuff going on over there, right? And they know that about you too. Uh, the people in your that you work with or go to school with, that's your oikos, the people that you interact with on a regular basis. And when you think about it that way, and then when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the oikos, the people then would have understood that to mean, oh, the people in my life, I get to be the light to everybody in my life. Most people come to Christ because of an oikos relationship. Most of the people who are going to come to Christ on Sunday night, and that's something that's super exciting about the Harvest Crusade, most of the people who come to Christ, who come down front and accept Christ, they were invited by somebody. Somebody's been praying for them for a long time. There's an oikos relationship that's going on there. And yes, sometimes God just, maybe he's using this broadcast right now. Maybe you're going to drive by and see what's going on, and maybe you just hear about it, and you go in, and the, and God is drawing you to him that way. But most people, it's because somebody's been praying for them. Somebody's been investing in their life. And what's something that we can do that is so positive is we can actually make a list of these people. And if you want to get on the page of mission, you want to get on the page of actually making an impact, of doing something. Write down the people in your oikos. Some of them are Christians, and that's great. You either need to disciple them and help them become better Christians, depending on your maturity, or maybe they're more mature than you, and you need to take them to coffee and say, hey, tell me what you know about Jesus. Let them pour their cup out and teach you. But some of these people are not Christians, and you've got to ask yourself, why am I in their life? And this is what you can do. You write down, you write down uh, their names, and every morning you pray for those people. And you say, God, I pray for them. I pray for their soul. I pray that they would come to know you. I pray that they would grow in you if they know you already. And I pray that you would use me in their life to love them the way you've called us to love. God's going to answer that prayer. And what I find with people and myself time and time again is the people that I'm praying for that are in my life and I start praying for them every day, 
and then I invest in them. Maybe I take them to lunch and I pay for it, right? And maybe we're not going to talk about spiritual things there, but we're going to get to know each other. And Or maybe they need some help moving. I'm going to be the one to be there. Maybe they have a crisis going on in their life. What I find out is that when you're praying for that person, suddenly whatever barrier is there, a workplace barrier or a classroom barrier, it suddenly starts to come down. And suddenly, you know, somebody comes in your office, in your cubicle, they go to lunch with you and they say, can I talk to you? And they just empty it. And you're going, ah, I've been praying for this moment. This is how God works. This is a list that you can have. It's called your Oikos list. List them out. Pray for them. Invest in them. And then you can invite them. You know, Pray for the people that God might want you to invite to the Harvest Crusade this weekend. Maybe you've been doing that already. Have the courage to do it because you're not on your own. God has put you in their life purposefully, providentially, strategically, supernaturally. This is how God works. God has some lists too. He's got a list of the sins of the world and he put it on the cross with Jesus. That's something that you can tell people because people carry that list around and they need to know, no, Jesus is taking care of your list. And there's another list. It's in the book of Revelation. Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the death and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That sounds pretty serious. How many of you have that passage, you know, in a plaque in your house somewhere? But see, there's a list. It's called the book of life. Is your name in it? It is if you confess Jesus as your Lord, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins and that he rose again from the grave. And the greatest endeavor that human beings have ever been given is to tell people about this list, that there is a book of life. And Jesus is the judge, not me, not the pastor, not the church. Jesus is the judge. And he has offered you grace, forgiveness, that the spiritual angst that you have, that every culture has had, it was taken care of on the cross. The idea that you have some kind of debt, it was taken care of on the cross. This is why the Harvest Crusade matters. It's a great tool. And this is why your church service can matter or your small group or even just your conversation over coffee with somebody that God has placed in your life and he can use you, regardless of where you are, to tell those people the reason for the hope you have in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to do that. Make a list. Who has God placed in my life? And then pray for them every day and see what God does. I want to encourage you to go to kkla.com and kprz.com. Check out what's going on, especially the Harvest Crusade at kkla.com and harvest.org. You can sign up and RSVP for that. That's coming up on Sunday at 7 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great weekend. Everybody, thank you for listening. It's been great to be a part of your life this afternoon. I hope that you have a great weekend. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. I'll be back on this program on Thursday. It's on every day at 3 o'clock. God bless. See you later.